<laughs> that, was, that was Leanne sneezing. <laughs> do, do you want to start again? Welcome back to the What The Folk Sunderland Review Show. Uh, thanks for joining this week, Brad and Dave. Uh, it's been a lovely show. I've been up since half five in the morning. I half watched the game on my phone um, whilst I was covering the game at Old Trafford, which I think people know. Um, but we won. We won 3-0, which is great. Um, everything's fantastic, especially when you're slightly tired and you've had also a little bit too much coffee. But um, Brad, how are you feeling? Are you all right? I am. Yeah, I'm very good. It's good to be back. Uh, seems mm. like forever, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, fantastic way to come back. And it's weird. That's our first back-to-back win in the league this season. And it's three weeks apart, which is a bit crazy. Um well, I, heard, I think Mowbray said it was something like the first back-to-back win we've had in the championship since 2008. So that's nice to get that hoodoo off our back, isn't it? Um, but yeah, if someone taught me at half-time today, you're going to end up winning this 3-0, I'd be like, give away. But what a second-half performance that was, and absolutely delighted with it. Sunderland, Sunderland, Sunderland. All right, fair enough. If you're not joining in, fair enough. Uh, Dave. Um, no one will see this, but you look like Santa Claus. Um, how is Santa Claus doing? Mate, I'm good. Gearing up for a busy, uh, a busy night, but you know we're trying. Uh, Sunderland winning makes life a little bit easier, doesn't it? And like Brad says, I think a pretty unforgettable first half. But then sometimes it makes for quite an easy team talk at half time, doesn't it? It's like lads, you've been absolutely shite. You've proved this season you're much better than this. Just go out and there. Uh, getting the ball a little bit, and I think that reflected in the possession stats second half and getting Pritchard a little bit further up the pitch and he shows them little deft touches and little turns. and Yeah, he makes things tick for us, doesn't he? So, yeah, good result. And uh, on, uh, well, what, another 12 days before the next game or something like that, no? Aye, because we're playing on Monday night and we're against West Brom. Is that right? Yes, mate, yeah. yeah. Nine days. Nine days, yeah. Nine days. Math was never my strong point. I tell you what, Santa Claus, um, you're going to have to make sure that you get your days right because you can't be delivering presents on the 27th. And that'll be useless, that. Uh, Brad, we're both touching it. Well, we're all touching it straight away. Um, They always say, don't don't fall in love with a lone player, and it keeps happening. But Diallo, uh, you had a bit of a Rashford moment because you thought uh, you, you were texting in the WhatsApp group earlier in the week how crap Rashford was. He scored. And then you're like, oh, I don't think Diallo's been that great, for want of a better word. Diallo scored. Um, but I think, ultimately, he, 
even if he didn't feel he had a great first half, he, he improved in the second. Got another goal again. Um, he keeps turning up for us in big moments. Brad, he's, he's an important player now, isn't he? He's part of that squad. Yeah, he is. Um, wasn't just in the WhatsApp group. I made a tip myself. I put it on social media as well, Facebook and Twitter, and I've been absolutely having pelters about Rashford. So mm-hmm. I didn't make that mistake today. Thankfully, the, the <laughs> internet's not great in the stage of my life, so I didn't have that chance. <laughs> um, yeah, Diallo, he, he was brilliant second half. I mean, first half... I, the reason I thought he was poor is because he's been that good lately. He's mm-hmm. uh, like my, my, my expectations of him have risen so much. And then that chance that he, he he missed, I just it was like flashbacks. I think it was like it was a, the Blackpool game or something where he just didn't bother hitting it. I'm like, what are you doing? Um but yeah, second half he got in the right place at the right time for his goal. He had a big part in the second goal. Um and his tracking back was brilliant as well, covering Gooch. And another comment from Mowbray, he, he said it's quite embarrassing that he thinks Roberts is probably the most gifted player in that league, but he has to sit him down every week and say, you can't get in because I'm mad to either score and I get an assist. Um, and that tells you everything about how well he must be playing and how well he is playing if he's keeping someone out like, like someone out of the team like Roberts. It would really walk into any other team in this league. Um, but yeah, second half, it was, it was it was more like the Ahmad we'd seen over the last few games. So, yeah. I, I, I'm, do I think we'll keep all of them next year? Do I think the only way that we will do them is if we go up and we, yeah. and we get them back on loan because there'll be Premier League cl- clubs waiting for him to get him on a loan deal for next year. But enjoy it while he's here. He's, he's different gravy, isn't he, for this level. I think, um, I think Monday night is obviously a huge step up as much as that kind of pains me to say it, it is, they're like a top four, top five team at the very worst, even when they're off form. Um, the Premiership's a big, different beast to the Championship, but you just, you see certain players where, I mean, that goal he scored at Birmingham, just going back to that, like three or four weeks ago, like players who were going to spend their, their life in the Championship don't score goals like that. And and then they don't back it up with regular goals either. I just think I just think he's special. And when, I think when he came in, I thought he'd be a really good addition to the squad. And I said that he's part of the squad. What I meant was he was um, he, he's one of our best players, if not the best on current form. He's been absolutely superb. But Dave, we we always have that lone player that we fall in love with. I can go back to like Marcus Alonso, Danny Rose, Key, Barini, um, Diallo's the next in a long line of players we're obviously going to fall in love with. But he's. We've got him for at least another six months. It's it's time to enjoy him and, and really start using him as you know that that weapon that he is, isn't it? Definitely, mate. Yeah, it's listen. You know, and and like Brad's just said, ultimately, you know, the likes of the likes of Roberts kicking about, who would probably walk into a lot of these teams in the in the championship. Such a nice problem to have, isn't it? Uh, you know, Diallo comes out of form a little bit. You just sit him down and say, "Listen, you know, there's someone there who we think can make more of an impact at the minute, and it's nice problems to have as a football club for once, instead of dare I say it, you know, as, as little as two years ago, where we, you know you you lose you lose a big name player or for the level anyway, and you replace them with someone who just isn't fit to do it really. Um, so that's been. That's nice. It just shows progress, I think. I and mean, I think that's all this season's about showing progress and keep moving on. And yeah, I've, it's nice. I've, I think, uh, I think I said this, well, I definitely said it at the beginning of the season, you know, kind of 
we probably will flirt with the playoffs this year at times. Um, and listen, you know, we've got people to come back. There's kids there that are hungry who want to get into the team. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's exciting whenever you have games like that. You know, we haven't we haven't played our best today, and yes, okay, three 0 might flatter us, but job's done. Home win, only the third of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, clean sheet, you know. Patterson made a good save, considering he was unsighted in the last couple of seconds, uh, just to preserve his clean sheet. Danny Bart, absolutely immense. Luke nine. Impressive, you know, keeping clean sheets and stuff like that. Yeah, not much negative to report from here, to be fair. And, and as you say, people we're always going to fall in love with people like Diallo, aren't we? Because it's not necessarily a, a footballer that we're used to having. You know, classy, silky, a little bit extra. So, yeah, long may it continue for me. I think there'll be people listening wanting us to maybe discuss the um, the request he made not to sing the song at the start. I actually thought about it, if I'm honest. Everyone shared their own opinion on it, me included on my own personal page. I don't think we should have sang it in the first place, but the most important thing is he's asked us not to. So I think as far as we're going to touch on that, as he's asked us not to, don't sing it. I don't like the song anywhere. I've, I never liked it. I, I liked it at Bow when it was running down the wing, Hear the Sun and Sing. That's how it started, wasn't it? It the, was the running band down the wing. It. Um, there was one guy getting really raging about it, about like getting to the point where he was, I mean, it was ridiculous. And I'll never, ever like, I don't like getting bogged down stuff like this because it's pointless. But there was one guy that was raging on Twitter, which as I always say is never a barometer, which was talking about going, oh, if you don't like it, go back to the under-23s at Man United. Please don't. Just stop singing about his willy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I never sang it, but I, I did put things on because I've seen it as Ahmad was dancing along to it and I didn't think he minded it. Has the club maybe also said, look, this is what they are saying. And maybe he's explaining it. He's a young lad. Look, going forward, now everyone's aware of it. Don't sing it. Go back to the other one. The bands can all join in singing it as well. Yep. It's a little bit of a shit one there to touch on, but yeah, it's out there now. Hopefully... In 12 days' time, is it, Dave? They don't sing it again. In 25 days' time, Dave, when Sunderland returns. <laughs> um, oh, I'm so tired, by the way. But, Dave, like, obviously we spoke about um, clean sheets and, and getting home wins. And even when we've remained relatively positive, maybe sans Cardiff, um, we kind of said, you know, another week without a clean sheet and as good as Danny Bart's being in power's being we conceded again and we still haven't won enough at home. We still look better away from home. We've came back from the break off the back of a really, really good away win against Birmingham, which is kind of what you wanted going into the break. We've came back from the break with two things that we would well, three things we were desperate for. A clean sheet, three goals, massive. Uh, I think it's the joint most we've scored this season, I think, off the top of my head. And most importantly, a win at home. Um how how big is that for confidence, Dave? Yeah, massively. It, it's doing it. It's doing it at the right times, isn't it? Whether that's like within a game, whether that's within a month, whether it's within the crucial parts of the season, it's really important just for momentum and stuff like that. It'll be, it'd be interesting, really, to picking trying to pick through Tony Mowbray since he's been here, of picking on like what he's telling them. I'm sure the the the, the club have said. Listen, it's all about consolidation. 
Um, I'm I'm very sure that that's what will have been said. Having stood about three feet away from uh, Dreyfus when he was having a conversation with a fan. Uh, and he said, like, listen, look at where we are now compared to where we were last season. It, it's it's like it's a million miles away. And listen, there's gonna be there's gonna be players within that dressing room who think they're good enough to to sneak a playoff place, and that's not a bad place to be because if they're thinking like that, they're gonna put in a little bit extra work rate, they're gonna put in a little bit extra in in certain games and yeah, I'm just really. Yeah, we've won just before. We've won just before the break. We've won after, and and today's perfect. Today's absolutely perfect. You know, three goals. Okay, it might be flattered, but we've we've took our chances. Um, we always look good on the ball, for as much as there is times when during the game we don't get on the ball enough, or we don't quite get narrow enough to 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 make us hard to break down. We've always got good quality, um, and that comes from like the players on the bench as well. How how impressed have we been with people like Abdul Abbas cameo performances and stuff? It it shows you that there's there's depth and and strength there. So yeah, again, like really, really, I probably sound really repetitive, but it's it's exciting. And then if we can listen, it's probably something we don't want to talk about because it probably ends up on a negative, but. If you Sims looked a lot sharper today for the first time um, since he's come back from his injury, so that breaks obviously done him the world of good because he, he, you know, I think it was 80, 80 to eighty five minutes I thought until he slowed down a day, um, but still got his goal in the ninety second or something. Um, and listen, there's Roscoe, which I really hope we tie down to a new deal. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, he's. Probably in contention for the West Brom game. I'm sure Tony Mowbray said it was a week too early for him. So, and it's only going to be a cameo off the bench, if anything. But that's a massive, massive um, bonus for any team. Any team. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what happens, really. And then you've got the January transfer window, which I'm not too worried about losing out on anyone, um, apart from possibly Roscoe. Um, and be interesting to see where we strengthen, if at all. I really hope Man United don't consider taking Diallo back. I don't think they will. Um, I mean, famous last words, but that's probably the only two I'm worried about necessarily. But I tell you what's been really nice about the season. I think um, should we say I'm cautious? I think I'm quite a cautious person. Um, in terms of like trying to weigh things up, and sometimes you think. Oh, this is going to go negative because you've got used to it so much. Um, where things have just gone like as bad as they could have gone, and there was a few things where I was just like, "Oh, manager's gone, Stewart's injured, Sims is injured. Oh God, what if we don't win when they start coming back? What if we go on a bad run and and we haven't got the strike and all this kind of stuff?" And the people who would be defined as happy clappers, or should we just say the people who maybe look at the more positive side of life sometimes. In this instance, like for once, it's all come up millhouse. Like, actually, everything that people hoped was going to happen that when the players start, but like, would cope without you know the big players because we had a decent enough squad of young players that came in and and the young players that all came in on the last day, like Diallo and stuff. When everyone's like, oh, they experienced enough, have all added to the squad at the very very least. 
players are coming back in terms of Roscoe. Obviously, Adji came back today. Um, Sergens obviously came on as a sub today. Um, those players that were injured basically <laughs> were they're coming back and we're a point off the the playoffs. I mean, we're we're I think we're a point behind Norwich or two points behind Norwich. And if someone had told you that coming back from the World Cup break would be like a point behind Norwich or two points, yeah, I mean, and it's not like Norwich has done badly. Maybe they're not in top of the league, but like they're not far off it. Um. But then again, you know, it only takes one result to kick in, in teeth again. But a few players came back from injury today, Brad. Uh, Gooch, who I kind of forgot was injured, actually. I was really surprised to see Nell Huggins not part of the squad. I'm guessing they're just maybe resting him because I thought he was excellent at Birmingham. Um, Sims looked a bit more like the Sims that we had right at the start of the season in terms of him being a, a bit, uh, not a bit more fit. I don't even think that's the right term, term of phrase, but he looked just a bit sharper, didn't he? Obviously got his goal again, which is now two goals for him in a row, the same as Diallo as well. Um, but those players coming back, you've got to look at these next couple of games really confident, Brad, and, and you've got to think, you know, Hull, West Brom, neither side of them, huge, good run of form. Why, why not? Yeah, um, I mean, when you when you're saying about all these players that we've had missing, if you look at the if you look at the the scoring stats, considering we haven't had a fit striker for over half the season, we're third top scorers in the division. Which Tony credit Tony credit Tony Mowbray has got to take a lot of credit for that. Um, Tony credit has got to take a lot of Mowbray for that. <laughs> He's got. You've got to hold that. Everyone's got to hold their hands up, and he's found a way to get lads scoring goals. Um, Yes, it wasn't all the time, but we've played systems where we've just when we've looked like we weren't going to score, he's managed to change it, and we we have, and it just makes me more confident now, knowing that Roscoe's coming back, and that, like you said, like Ellis Sims today, I don't know if their centre half from being six foot seven was slow, or Ellis Sims are just fucking turned into Usain Bolt because the pace he had on him was was frightening. I was like, where's this been? Um. And it's it's at the other end of today, which was it wasn't a concern going into listening to your uh, pre-match and a few other ones. Um, they all mentioned that they're good at set players. I think sixty percent of their goals this season came from corners, and you could tell because of the size of them. But Dave's touched on them once. For me, it's just Danny Bart. He got his head on everything. The only time he got beat in the air was where Dan Neal's cleared it off the line, headed it over. Um, and I think that's the only header that they won off a set player is Danny Barton. If it wasn't him, it was 9 or it was Elisa. And you think we've got Ballard to come back. We've got Stewart that's going to come back in there. And we've got all these there's these players that's going to have presence to to help us at the other end. Um, because going forward, like I've just touched on, we're not doing too badly in the goals department. And having these players coming back is only going to be only going to make us even better going forward. Um, so yeah, that clean sheet. Is something that we can build on as well, and these players coming back. It's not just us as fans that will be getting excited by it and seeing what what we can potentially be like. The players, they're more than aware that we've needed strikers, we've needed some of these players back, and they're going to feed off that confidence as well. We touched on Pritchard the other week. Does he miss someone like Stewart? Does he miss someone like Sims? You can see the last few weeks. I mean, Pritchard's got himself a couple of goals because we've got players back in there. And he's getting that little bit extra space where he never he wouldn't have in, in recent times. Because um, he was either playing as a false nine or he's more out wide or he's trying to come deep and get the ball. He'd just play his game again. 
in that 10 and took his goal brilliantly today because he had that little bit of extra space. So I found, uh, I found Pritchard's shit house really a little bit funny today. I'd have probably yeah, hit the way around, but that was quite funny that like I was half expecting him to get involved with some sort of football factory crack, but um I think he's I think he's too small for that. Um but you touched on Pritch there. Like Pritch was another player who when we were going through that bit of a sticky run, shall we say, we were like, oh, is he doing enough? Like Pritch has not gotten assists since XYZ, and then all of a sudden a strikers come back and there's goals. Um, and there's assists and Alex Pritchard that we expected is back. Um, I'm not saying should we have ever doubted him. I don't think any of us did, Dave. We just got really high standards of him. But it's it's really nice to see Pritchard firing and and looking like he's probably back to his best, I would say, even on the recent performances. Massively, mate. Yeah. He's um <clears throat> listen, I think we'd we'd said it a few times before, hadn't we? Form is temporary, class is permanent, and he's he's undoubtedly the luxury player within our team. But he does when when the game's a little bit flat, he is the one who can bring a spark from the middle of nowhere. Um, his little touch on the on the uh, sideline today to take him away from the defender and create the goal. You know, it's little bits like that which make him so important for us, and and exactly like you say. Hopefully he reads interest like that as well because I think that'll give him a better mentality and a better attitude of, and understanding of, of how we all think. But the reason we get frustrated when he's not producing is because we're so accustomed to what he does. We're so accustomed to him creating goals or scoring the odd goal here and there, creating a little bit of magic. So it's just massive credit to himself, I think. Um, and yeah, Again, when he's when he's like that, and and Brad's hit the nail on the head, and it's something we've we've all spoken about before. Having that centre forward just to take away the pressure from the two centre halves and the the holder midfielder who's got to track all the runs, and you know you, you've got to you've got to give the two centre forwards that we've got massive credit for the way that we play football. There is times that they've got to run into the channels and and sacrifice themselves but it creates space for the rest of the team and it's uh hey it's a long 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 way away from how we were playing football as little as three seasons ago it's uh it's night and day and it's it's a pleasure to watch and, and seeing people like Pritchard and stuff listen I'd rather have Pritchard in my team than than a lot of other players that's for sure yeah George Dobson <laughs> oh, I miss George Moving on. Um, <laughs> one person we probably haven't touched on here, and I think we have sort of sporadically touched on him maybe after a defeat and maybe after a, a good win, a little bit. But Tony Mowbray has now been in charge, what, end of August, September, October, November, December. So he's, he's coming up with four months in charge, Brad. With 10th or point of the playoffs, he's had to deal with the fact that he came in after a manager who no one at the club really wanted to leave. So it wasn't like the manager got sacked and he came in fresh. He was coming into a club that was steady and had been rocked by a manager change. He then immediately got beat off Borough, which, say what you want, is like a derby. Um, With that, he got Ross Stewart injured. On the back of that, then Ellis Sims was injured. He's had other injuries all over the shop. Um, I was thinking about coming back on the train today 
could have at times been like, mm, there's red flags with Mowbray and this, that and the other. And I think it was after the Cardiff game, which looking back, I totally like lost my bottle there. Like I totally like lost it for no reason. But is it fair to say Moby Tobray, as we'll now refer to him as, um, has actually done a really, really good job that potentially maybe even Alex Neal couldn't have done. I'm, I'm a big Alex Neal fan, but I'm not 100% sure he would have had us in the same position as Tony Mowbray had with the issues that he had. I think Alex Neal would have complained about it. Yeah, 100% would have complained. Um, I mean, I'll look back to the notes after Alex Neal had gone and me, you and Ross were outside the ground and I'd, I'd had a bit of a different perspective on Tony Mowbray or yourself, didn't I? You were sort of like, ugh. And I was like, it's actually a really sensible appointment. Like, I, I, I even, I think I said, he was like, no matter what happens to us this season, we'll get sworn. I think Mowbray is the right man who could just adapt us just to be just to be so comfortable in this league. And I touched on it just a couple of minutes ago. Like, he's found a way with no strikers to have us as one of the top scorers in the division. We've had a good few clean sheets. We've kept a very good away record. He hasn't been frightened to throw the young lads on when we've needed something. Like Watford's the prime example. I, said, I touched on that in our uh, mid-season uh, review, mid- mid-season review show when I said that was probably one of my favourite games because he wasn't afraid just to throw them on and say, right, go on then. Alex Neal wouldn't have done that. I can guarantee Alex Neal wouldn't have done that. Um, and I, th- I think... Just the way Mowbray talks as well, and when when you hear some of the players who talk about the the coaching staff and the management, it seems like he's more of a father figure, and he puts a lot of trust into his players. But it doesn't seem like he'll get stuck into them if they're having a bad one. Like he probably will do at times, but I just feel like he's more of a right. We'll get it right next time. We'll get it right. He'll put an arm on the shoulder. Um, I think it was a perfect appointment. Like, well, perfect. I'd say it was like Pep Guardiola, but for where we were and what we what we need this season, um, say what you want. Staying up in comfortable consolidation is was the aim at the start, and he is he was the perfect candidate really. Without having to go and take someone away from a club and pay compensation, he was there ready to come in, and he said it on the against the Rotherham game, like you've just said there, it wasn't like we sacked the manager because we were playing poorly. He came in against Rotherham and he just let Dodsey and Proctor just say, this is what we've been doing and he let them run with it and he was just a different face to the media. That's all he was in the first game. Um, I've been massively impressed with him. Um, And yeah, football, it's very, it's results driven, isn't it? So, I mean, things could change and fans are fickle. But how it is at the minute with Mowbray, he's got a hell of a lot of credit in his in in the in the bank for me. And yeah, like you just said there, we've got the next two games, two teams that are bang out of form, they're down near the bottom. We go and turn them over this season, going into Christmas and then into the into the transfer window. Mowbray can comfortably go and say to the ownership, look, you brought me in to do this, that, the other, but look where I've got you is after what I've had to deal with. Give me a little bit and we'll see where we can push on. And I think can can the management team really look at them and say no no we're sticking to what it was they're going to think you know what there's a good chance here because there's no teams really blown us away no I mean I think the games where we've been annoyed afterwards have been games where we haven't really performed not because of the teams have been like outstanding I mean you could say the Burnley game but that was 45 minutes because you switch it the other way around we were actually class for 45 minutes so 
has been what off the top of my head, and honestly, I'm proper shattered. I don't know if anyone can tell this. I'm having that kind of like shaky leg thing. Um, I thought I'd done my hammy on the train as well, which is quite embarrassing because it was packed. Um, but um, back on topic, I uh, I don't feel anyone off the top of my head's really blew us away. Like I say, Burnley for 45 minutes, but am I missing anyone there? The teams that where we've been frustrated, Cardiff, Middlesbrough, uh, I'd say maybe Swansea first half probably yeah. looked the best passing team that we've played this season but without blowing us away again they just got a couple of goals which was us switching off I haven't seen anyone that's like I've looked at it and went fucking now we could play all day and we're not going to get anything it's, if, we've, if we've been outplayed it's been for half a game and then it's changed yeah and we've looked really we've, we've looked like we've been able to adapt to what's happening there's no one that's just been like fucking hell you know what I mean? Like if Man City came up against us in the FA Cup, for example, it was sort of like, oh shit. But there's no one that's really stood out for a full 90 minutes for me and that's what gives me a bit of confidence and if we can see it, the management staff can see it and Mowbray's got to go to them and say, look, look what I've done with what I've had. Just give me a little bit more and I'll see where we can go. I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think if we if we do better than just consolidate the season, I, I'm not saying playoffs now, I'm just like, say we do finish in the top 10, you can sort of accelerate that plan that is in place, which I think is essentially like the best case scenario, isn't it? It's like, I, I think it would be wrong to say nobody wants to go up. Any of us would take one up this season. Even if we thought it was too soon, any of us would take it because it's like, it's dreamland and then you can bring in bigger players and yada, yada, yada. But I think in reality, no one's like expecting us to have a promotion push or a playoff push. Everyone just wants to be like relatively solid with a lot of things to, to take on board and, and feel ambitious about and to feel... um almost a piece with with combat like the past what decade or something like that but i think you know if we do finish top 10 then even maybe not this january but the the following summer you can kind of go well look I, we've gone top 10 here you would have been happy with you know maybe 15th or escaping relegation by a couple of places and we're in 10th with a lot of the squad that we inherited and brought up and a couple of loan players added in can we accelerate this program and maybe get the club up a little bit faster? And then that's when things get really exciting. And because there's only so long, Sunderland will want was just establish. Would I know some fans won't like me saying this um, from outside of Sunderland, but we're far too big of a club to just sit in the championship for the next ten years. That's not going to happen. There's going to be a point where we want out, much like Leeds did and all those other clubs. So there's going to be a point when we want to push on and go further forward. But I think everyone's very realistic with the plan and the programme at the moment. But if we can accelerate that a little bit, then that's great. But um, obviously we're still in December, so there's a long way to go and stuff like that. But um, it's a weird place to be, Dave, um, with football at the minute, to be honest. like I I, I didn't plan any of this uh, podcast in terms of questions like I normally would or even points. I've just kind of flew with it because A, I'm shattered and B, it's been ages since we've played really. Um, so let's flip to something that else is going on at the moment. World Cup, just before we finish. How are you finding it, Dave? All right? Yeah, um, interesting. Struggling to find interest in it. Maybe that'll change tomorrow night because it's like straight knockout. Uh, I think Senegal pose a bit of a, an interesting challenge, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, again, I think it's probably like a, a condensed championship. I don't think there's anybody who stands out from anybody else. And 
I think you said it the other week, maybe it's in just our chat or, or something, maybe it's even on the podcast. But it'd be just typical, wouldn't it, if England went and won it, considering like no one actually really gives a shit because it's the wrong time of year and it's a little bit weird and whatever. I might, I, I might do if we win it. <laughs> I've started, yeah, enjoy- I mean, I've started enjoying it, actually, but it's annoying me that it has done. But Yeah, definitely. You know, listen, it, it's classic, isn't it? Okay, the Germans have gone out, the Belgians have gone out, but Argentina, since that defeat at Saudi Arabia, have looked more and more impressive. I think um, I think France uh, are probably the ones that have stood out for me and I've thought to myself, yeah, listen, they've probably got that little bit extra to anyone else. I never thought I'd say the day where Brazil play like four four two and like a bloody well, yeah, a workman like performance constantly. Um that just seems strange to me considering I grew up with the likes of Ronaldinho and Ronaldo and, and all them lot. Uh so yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Hopefully England will win tomorrow and then people start dreaming a little bit, you know. But uh it it's been all right. I I haven't Listen, I think the most excitement I had was when Costa Rica were beating Germany, and and um, it looked like looked like uh, Spain were going out at one point as well. But it wasn't meant to be. We all love an underdog, don't we? So uh, yeah, see what tomorrow night brings, I guess. Yeah, you know, in a really weird way, I've actually really enjoyed the tournament. I've been largely really impressed with England. Um, don't think we'll win it. I've been largely impressed, and I think it's been like so interesting. These like final group games, I've just found them mad. They've all had drama in them, and um, you've had the Suarez stuff, you've had the Costa Rica stuff, um, and Japan. The games has been really exciting. It's baffling that FIFA want to just like bring it forward, have it every two years, and have three teams qualify from every group. Didn't do that because it totally kills it. This is why it's really exciting, but. As much as I was talking in the, the, the World Cup preview show we did, um, and I know it's a Sunderland review show, but the World Cup's going on, it's kind of a weird one. Um, I've actually really enjoyed it, which has kind of annoyed me a bit because it's yeah. been a good tournament. I mean, I didn't want to enjoy it either. Um, but when the World Cup started, it was my last week working away, and I was getting finished for like half three every day. So sat in the hotel room at like four o'clock and then seven o'clock and the games were on. I, I was like sat watching, I was like, I don't want to enjoy this, but. I was thoroughly enjoying watching it. Um, there are some very, there've been like watching when Japan got through and the like this uh, was it South Korea got through as well. Just seeing what it means to their fans and when it, when the camera pans to them, it's just sort of like so. It's just a, it's just nice to see. Like they've all I know we've had the things about Qatar and that, and I still don't agree with it. But all the different fans that have made the journey anyway, just to support the country. And just see what they're getting out of it and what it means to them. Um, but I mean, Dave was touching on it about teams that he fancies. There isn't a team yet that I've sort of well. I mean, France has done it against Australia and obviously Spain's first game. But where I've looked and went, wow, they're going to take some beating them. Everyone's had a little blip. Um, Spain have done it against Japan. Uh, France got beat off Tunisia. Brazil against Cameroon. Yeah, Argentina got beat off Saudis. It's, it, it, I mean, Australia pushed them today. I mean, Argentina were the better side, but Australia pushed them. And when they went 2-0 down, it was like the, the shackles come off and they, they got one back and then uh, one of his faces danced through half their team and nearly put it away if it wasn't a great uh, block by Martinez. 
England have got a good chance. I mean, I know we didn't play great against USA, but we played really well against um, Wales, especially second half, and we, we smashed Iran. England have got a chance, and we'll see. It. I mean, we'll see how it goes tomorrow night. Cause it'll be typical of this tournament where we say, "Yeah, we've got a chance. We're going to get fucking spanked off Senegal." <laughs> but I am enjoying it, mate. And I, I mean, it's not like World Cup fever where you're out in the in the beer gardens all the time and everyone's talking about it. Everything's been addressed that needs to be addressed, and it could, and as long as it keeps getting pushed and addressed, and there are changes, that's fine. It's a World Cup, and it's been very, very enjoyable. The last 20 minutes in that uh, Germany, Spain, Costa, uh, Costa Rica and Japan group was absolutely mental. Wild, Absolutely insane how many times that changed. And I mean, who was it as well? Mexico at one point were going out on yellow cards. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and then they even conceded, but if they scored again, they'd have went through because the goal difference would have been the same, but they just scored one more, so there was still five minutes to go. It was just crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I think we might be able to touch on it again because I don't know if we'll do a review post-West Brom with it being a Monday night, but that'll be going into the last week and we might see where England are at then. Yeah, hopefully. And I think, you know, obviously, famous last words in it and I know yeah, everyone's listening to Sunderland and... Apologies for fans that are not England fans. Um, we all are. Um, but I have enjoyed the tournament, I think, touching on the issues with Qatar, which are far and wide and vast, and um, things that I, I've been quite open about, and I think people know my thoughts on it. If you don't, you probably don't have to look too far to, to understand what my thoughts on it are. I think it's pleasing that the football has been good, but the... Oh, people still haven't forgot about it, if that makes sense. But we've still been able to kind of enjoy the footy, I suppose, in the same way. But it has been a good tournament. Um, but it's also really nice. Like, if England went tomorrow night, it's going to be a class weekend. Um, there'll never be a weekend where England and Sunderland both win, which would be fantastic. But um, I'll leave it with this, considering we've finished a bit on England, which I know people might think is a bit weird, but it's kind I, of I just, avoid. I just wanted to touch one more before you left, Graham. When... Uh... The fan, when the fans were applauding the players off today, there was a song we started singing. Mm-hmm. And it was Danny, Danny Bath, Danny Bath, Danny, Danny Bath. in the bath. Me and Archie started singing, Danny's in the bath, bath in, the, in bath. the bath. Danny's in the bath. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to let you know that that song, and, and I wonder if it came from you singing it on the pod. <laughs> I hope I hope it's Danny in the bath. I really hope it is. That, what is what people are actually singing. Um, Dave, is it going to be a weekend doubleheader before I let you go? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think we should have enough quality to see it through. It, uh, I'm, I'm most intrigued by the by seeing what uh, Mr. Southgate does, to be fair, because surely he can't drop uh, Foden and Rashford, in my opinion. But let's see Let's see what happens. Yeah. You, are you the same, Brad? I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Um, I think we're an edgy first half, like today. Um. And then it'll be probably Rashford who I've sat and slated. He'll, he'll score and we'll win 3-0 again. <laughs> I think it's going to be very Cameroon-Italian 1990 extra time. I think I think we'll comfortably push them aside. They'll give us a scare. I'd be more concerned if Mane was, was fit. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I think it'll just be first half, see it see it out. If we don't get a goal first half, fine. We, we, we are well keeping the ball. And I just think second half, we've got the players, we've got the talent to change it if we need to. And I, I think it'll be a comfortable 3-0, if I'm honest. 
I think all we've got to do is just hold, give, do it at the right time, um, be slow, be fast, and get out of the line, basically. Um, I'll leave you with that because I'm shattered. Um, but Dave, Brad, thanks for coming on. I'm sorry if it's been a bit chaotic here, everyone, listeners, but I, I mean, sorry to a point, I am very tired. Um, but thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming back. Um, I'll get some sleep and I'll be back with a preview show at some point. I think next week and obviously the review show as well and uh, come on England for tomorrow for those who are following England and most importantly come on Sunderland for having back-to-back wins and a clean sheet and a home win. Enjoy your weekend everyone.